So I'm Barbara and then this is my psychic group. So we're respiratory nurses at the Children's Hospital in Belfast. Um, it's a regional role, so there's the, just the two of us do our job in Northern Ireland. So today we're going to talk about long-term ventilation and troubleshooting issues. So if we look at numbers and how um, a home ventilation has evolved, um, if we look at the population in Northern Ireland, um, so back in 1998, um, there were four patients who required home ventilation aged between not and 18 years of age. Um, when I took up post in 2010 with 27 patients, but currently to date we've now got well over 230. Numbers just keep rising for up every month. So um, the children who require home ventilation, there's three different ways to administer either CPAP or BiPAP. So children on long-term ventilation, they are mostly children with tracheostomy tubes. Um, so we've got 50 throughout the province of Northern Ireland and about half of those require ventilation through their tracheostomy tube. The bulk of our patients who require um, ventilation would be through non-invasive mask, which we'll talk about um, uh, just shortly. And then um, we've currently started to set up mouthpiece ventilation. So that would be for children, for instance, who um, need BiPAP during the night. And then if they're going to school, so say a teenager with um, uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, if they feel they need a bit of ventilatory support at school or if they're out and about but don't want to be stuck with the mask, they use mouthpiece or we call it sip ventilation where they literally would just rotate their head over and give it a sip through a straw and um, so we're just beginning to set that that um, resource up. Okay, so moving on to the tracheostomy um, tubes so we have three tubes that we would be currently using throughout Northern Ireland um, usually when a child first gets a tracheostomy um, by the ENT surgeons and um, the shyliostomy trachea tube would be the the first tube of choice um, and then following that first change after about a week um, we usually move on to a bivona tracheostomy tube um, and it probably is really the, the tube of choice um, across the region. Um, another tube that is becoming more popular especially within our um, older children and our teenagers um, and is used mostly in adults is the trickle twist trachea tube. Okay, so the Shiley tubes, um, they are, as I say, they're first um, usually used um, as soon as a child gets a tracheostomy um, tube. Um, and reasons being is they're made of PVC plastic. So they're, they're a very rigid tube. Um, they would be a weekly tube change. They're single use and then thrown out. They're available in a pediatric and neonatal size and do come in a cuffed and uncuffed tube. Okay, so following that first tube change by ENT surgeons, as we say, we usually then move on to our bivona tube. Um, and this is this would be known as a more comfortable uh, tracheostomy tube as it is um, a siliconized PVC. Uh, it is changed every 28 days. So again, a bit more comfortable um, for the child. Uh, it is now MRI compatible as well. So what that means, if a child is going for, say, an MRI of their tummy or their leg, it's OK to use a bifona tube. Um, but because it's made with metal, if you were going for an MRI of, say, your airway or your head, it could potentially cause a fuzzy image. So for that actual area, we would recommend going back to the Shiley or the plastic tube. And like the Shiley tube, it's available in paediatric and neonatal sizes. Um, but the benefit of a bivona tube as well, um, that it comes in, we have the standard form 
which is quite similar to the same way the Shiley's made. Um, but we also have a Flextend by Vona as well. So the benefit of that is that it's used for our children on ventilation. And the added benefit, um, the outside bit um, is very flexible. So rather than um, the circuit pulling on the trachea from the inside, there's a bit more pressure on the outside, reducing any chance of trauma. Uh, it is also available in a, a cuffed um, TTS, which is tight to shaft tube as well. Uh, we currently don't have very many children um, using cuff tubes. Uh, we tend to, I think out of, out of our numbers, we have about two children um, with cuffed tracky tubes in the community. Um, but it would be more common to have the cuffs, um, the, the tubes cuffed um, in the intensive care environment if needed for ventilation pressures. Um, with our Bivona tube as well, in all of the boxes will come a disconnection wedge, really a vital bit of equipment to have in our tracky box um, in case there's problems detaching our circuit. So we just use that like a wedge action to release the circuit for suctioning if needed. And finally then, again, as we were saying, the Treco twist is used, um, again, more commonly in adults, but we're seeing it more and more used with our, our teenage uh, group of children. Um, so it is a polyurethane um, plastic. Um, there's a swivel neck plate, again, for added comfort and maximum mobility. Um, the benefit and difference with this on the Shiley and Bivona tube is that it consists of an inner tube and the outer tube. Um, it is durable and suitable for long-term use. Um, these tubes also come um, in fenestrated uh, style, which again is used um, quite commonly in adults um, for to enable speech. Again, we do not use this very often in children. Uh, we have about one child um, using a fenestrated tube within the community, but we just have to be very mindful when they come into the intensive care environment that the fenestrated tube would be changed to non-fenestrated for ventilation purposes. So every child who has a tracheostomy tube, but we use the National Tracheostomy Safety Project, which is a really useful online resource. So there should be a bed head sign at the end of each bed and within the box, um, which we'll talk about in the next slide. So basically it clearly states, um, uh, what is the patient's name? What type of tube do they have? Um, is it cuffed? Is it uncuffed? Um, what size of suction catheter do you need? Um, how far should you suction? And suction length is ideally just the length of the actual tube itself. And also, are there any upper, upper airway abnormalities? So if there are, if, there is an emergency situation by the bedside. It's clearly visible for all. So that is our hospital policy. And the emergency box is literally, as it says, and anything that happens in an emergency is in that box. It's always a blue box. Unlike our asthmatic children out there who forget to carry their inhalers, all our tracky patients always carry the box. So in the box, we have the same the tube, which is the same brand and the same size. Um, a size smaller um, if there's a difficult tube change so we use the Shiley because it's more rigid um, and then we have scissors, lubricating gels, suction catheters, ribbon ties, uh, felco ties and the wedge which, we, which we've talked about. 
in paediatrics over in Northern Ireland, we use um, ribbon ties purely for a safety reason, because up until about 10 years ago, we had what was Velcro ties, which were, which basically are easy. And then the Velcro tie would go in there. But there was a few incidents um, over in um, England where the actual Velcro was acting like a cheese wire and then actually cut the flange. Tracky became dislodged and there were a couple of fatalities. So as a result, that's the reason why we use it. Also, if you've got a toddler running around with um, Velcro, they could easily come out and do Yoohoo Mummy and get attention. So it's safety from that point of view. We do keep the um, Velcro in the emergency box purely if you're on your own, um, because it's a one person technique until second person should arrive to assist. So this slide shows um, granulation, which is uh, a common issue um, that we would see for any child who has a foreign body um, inserted. So you can clearly see around this tracheostomy tube that there's granulation or proud skin. It can appear overnight, it can appear, appear within an hour, but when we see it, we act upon it. Because granulation is growing on the outside, it can equally grow on the inside and then prove a difficult tube change. So our first line of treatment that we would use is Maxitrol, which is an eye ointment, which has an antibiotic and a steroid. So the combination of the two helps to usually resolve and we would usually prescribe it BD for about um, 10 days. If we know it's on the outside, then to prevent it from happening on the inside, if we're changing the tube, we would lubricate the tube, the, the tip of the tracheal tube to help alleviate that. And since actually we've been using that, very rarely do we ever need to um, use silver nitrate or children need to go to theatre um, to get the granulation removed. So, so if we look at some troubleshooting with tracheostomy, say we have a, a child on the ward and they're just a wee bit off form, their oxygen saturations have fallen down, there's increased work of breathing, changes in their pew scores, scolor, color, skin colour isn't good, and you're thinking there's something going on here. Is there an infection going on or what actually is going on? Are the secretions green, white, thick, copious? Um, so our first, first thing to do would be to suction the tracheostomy tube. And if we find then that we've cleared it, that's great. But if secretions are a bit um, thicker, then we would often just recommend um, saline nebs. We um, have stopped really as routine practice using saline suction um, and just really find saline nebs or if it's a bit more stickier than normal hypertonic nebs to help um, clear secretions. But failing that, you have to remember in paediatrics, the, the tubes are just so, so small. So you could have what's known as a partial obstruction where half of the tube is blocked, but then that airway is just so, so tiny for the child to breathe that it's causing these other symptoms or then a total obstruction where you can't get suction catheter down. So our rule of thumb is if you've got the Shiley or Bifona range, we just say, if in doubt, whip it out, clearly ask. You, no one will ever get into trouble for changing the tube, so it's better to err on the side of caution. Or if you've got the um, tracheal twist range for the bigger child, you then just need to change the inner cannula, take it out, place a new one in, and that should hopefully resolve the issue. Okay, so once we've established that we're, we're dealing with a block trachea, um, along with our uh, bedhead, we also have our um, emergency tracheostomy uh, algorithm. Um, so 
it's good to have a member of staff potentially reading reading this out in an emergency situation. Um, our first line really is with our emergency box. Um, as we've mentioned before, the first change is our same size, same brand tube. Okay, we get that change done, all's okay, that's good. Um, but we say it isn't, so we've had difficulty inserting the same size um, same brand so we again our emergency box we go for our shyly and we remember that we said our shyly is a more rigid tube so we and it's a size smaller so we're trying um trying our shyly um again we get it in all's good we want to let ent know that there has been a difficult tube change and that the child now has a shyly uh, tracheostomy tube in place and then the other side of things is we haven't been able to get that smaller um tube in so we are then looking at going to the Sledgener um, technique where we're going to still use our smaller Shiley tracheostomy tube and we're going to get our suction catheter, have our int introducer out of the Shiley tube and we're going to place our suction catheter slightly through our tube in the hope that we can insert the suction tube in through the stoma and then glide over our tracheostomy tube and then take out, remove our suction catheter. Again, all good. Um, we need to um, uh, inform ANT um, of the difficult tube change. Um, if things haven't gone successfully, we're looking at a BLS um, scenario um, where we're probably having to cover um, our trachea as we have no secure airway. So we're covering our tracheostomy stoma and we're providing um, breaths via um, the mouth and nose. I think in my, in my whole career, and I've been working a very long time, as you can tell by my face, um, um, I've had just one episode where I haven't been able to get a tube in. Um, years ago, we used to keep dilators by the bedside. We don't use that as routine practice in case it causes more trauma. So this situation was a two-year-old and um, she was due a tube change. I couldn't get the tube in and I knew everybody would be calling from either me or Ruth and it was me who was by the bedside. But what actually happened was she was too, she was having a toddler tantrum. So after about 10 seconds, which felt like about a minute, she took a big gasp in, stoma opened and then you were clearly able to get inside. So, I mean, you just have to think always outside the box. So if we move on then to non-invasive ventilation. Um, so the interfaces we have, again, Compared to adults, where one size fits all, we're dealing with children aged not to 18. So with nasal masks, full face masks, nasal pillows. Um, so for the wee ones, we generally use um, nasal masks purely because in case their mummies prefer it where they're crying out in the middle of the night for their mummy or if they're sick, there's then the risk of aspiration. Or say you have a child with your muscular Duchenne um, um, as the disease progresses and they're getting into sort of adolescence, they might feel the need, or if you're a mouth breather, um, the need for um, full face um, ventilation. So again, we just review the situation as we deal with it. So then um, we and children who are ventilated at home have vented masks where you need to release carbon dioxide. In intensive care, there could be the other possibility of you're on the intensive care ventilator. You need a non-vented mask. So the difference between these two masks are non-vented masks um, have a blue um, connection and uh, vented masks either have your exhalation port or with this brand, the Philips brand, it would be orange. If you have a situation where you're in intensive care and you've got a, a mask issue, you can always have the option of using 
uh, an exhalation port to help release carbon dioxide. The ventilator in Northern Ireland that we use of choice for most vulnerable children is the Trilogy Evo ventilator. And we generally try to streamline that so if children um, present at their local district general hospital that we're all able to give the support. It's a great um, ventilator because it um, gives you approximately about eight hours um, battery life and it can give you three or four profile settings. So a baseline, an emergency physio for whatever the reasons are. And parents are given permission if they're unwell, change to the site of the emergency profile and then get your child seen. In this particular ventilator, they're all locked um, purely for safety reasons at home. Um, and so to unlock this particular ventilator, you press the alarm button on the bottom left and the digital clock on the right to um, give you full, full access to change settings. Another bonus with this ventilator is you're able to give oxygen through the ventilator. So you're able to, um, so then oxygen is delivered um, um, as well, which um, is another added component. So really to, to conclude, Ruth and I, we've talked about the different types of tracky tubes, the different types of intervention or interfaces, um, troubleshooting yeah, issues with the tracky mask or ventilation. But really, um, if anything comes from this, it's um, we always say, always listen to the parents of the carers. They know their children inside out. Um, when they, um, a mother's gut or a daddy's gut says, listen, I'm not happy, you do listen because their guts generally are always right. That's us. That's Any questions? And thank you for listening. I suppose one of the, one of the biggest challenges is that there's so many different types of masks, different types of ventilators, um, and it's impossible to be familiar with with all of them, I suppose, trying to standardize is, is ideal. If you can have a sort of standard ventilator for um, that you're using within a particular region, um, but that's not always practical. I suppose it's just making people aware and, and having a way of access and how to change, uh, you know, to unlock settings and so on if, if need be, um, and knowing who to contact in an emergency situation. The big question for me is, um, given how quick numbers are expanding, and certainly in Glasgow, we're finding the exact same thing where are these patients, and if they're coming into hospital, where are they going to? Are they all coming to ICU? Are they coming to HDU? Are they coming to the ward? What's what's your hospital's admission criteria? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, it's a really good question, particularly this time of the year coming into winter. And regardless of where you reside, winter pressures come with respiratory conditions. Um, so it really just depends. And I think one other key thing is it's in the summer we have issues. It's really hot. Mommy, I want a lollipop. Well, a child with a ventilator or a tracheostomy tube needs extra hydration. Again, coming into winter, we've got um, heat and, you know, different types of central heating that can affect secretions. So then in that instance, then you're increasing saline nebs. Again, if you're coming into hospital, it obviously impacts on nursing ratio. So it is a really difficult, it's a difficult area um, because these children do require, obviously, higher forms of super, supervision. So um, we just, you just have to really work with, a, what's wrong with them and B, how they are. How they are. And, um, you know, a lot of these patients, if they come in for something else, if they come in for surgery, but they happen to be trachy-vented, um, are they going to ICU because they're trachy-vented, even though parents manage those things at home? No, they can be. It depends on what they're going for, obviously, um, but there's no reason why um, they couldn't be managed at ward level. What we generally find is um, within this hospital, the surgical unit feel a bit uncomfortable having tracheostomy. So then the medical units 
tend to deal with them. And then depending on what their ventilatory needs are, if they're on high pressures as a precaution, if it's an elective procedure, you would generally have a ICU bed, but depending on what the procedure is, if it's just a quick look in an MLB, then generally speaking, it could be just a day procedure. So it just really depends what the actual procedure is. Can I ask one more? Yeah, well, go for it. The sort of like a new patient track evented, what is your time frame from getting them established on a vent, all the training, ventilator support workers at home, et cetera, et cetera. What's the time frame from decision of track event to discharge? Oh, very, 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 very good question. It can be up to a year yeah. is the reality because care packages are just very difficult to get. And within Northern Ireland, each trust, it just very, really varies. Yeah, we, we find it very dependent on where the child resides as to how quickly and they get home. It also depends on which trust and um you know with district general hospitals can take them so it's extremely challenging and very frustrating for families because they can be not reunited as a family for up to about a year so um it's very very frustrating i've yeah. seen a we, lot we, we, we recently had there one just well, um about to be discharged home um after about what's up five or six months mm. um but most of the majority of them tend to be working on their year 